and Shamino. And welcome to Head Boss in Charge. I already know how you boss it, Shamina. I know. <laughs> it's I'm not a- too well. <laughs> um, uh, I, I'm sick right now, so my voice is going to sound crunchy throughout. Um, although sometimes I like when my voice sounds crunchy and a little bit sultry. Um, <laughs> okay. So I'll be trying to play it, but it's hard to play it off when you have a coughing fit in the middle of trying to play it off. Um, so I'm doing all right. I am, I am sick. Um, I rarely get sick, sick, thank goodness, but apparently when I do, it's a doozy. Um, so literally for the last four days, I have done nothing. I left my house once. Um, I even ordered in food. I had to download an app to order in food. Mm. Um, so yeah, I've been on the struggle bus quite a bit. So excuse me in advance for the coughs that will happen. I got my bag of cough drops here, my water here. So for the most part, I think I should be fine. But, you know, and then somebody had the nerve to get slick with me today at work. And I had a coughing fit, like, in my comeback. So, (laughs) but I had the coughing fit. Oh, I know that struggle. And then I finished the comeback. Because what you won't do is talk shit about me, me hear you, and then um, think I'm not going to address it. So let's just say someone looked a little sour in the face when I was like, so before we even get started, I heard what you said out in the lobby area. And so here's some advice that I have for you. Da, 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 da. And then throughout the meeting, twice I had to be like, so what, what we're not going to do today is this. So, <laughs> With that in the hands in the prayer position. Yeah, okay, so what, what we're not going to do <laughs> is repeat what we talked about the last time. Because this is not up for discussion or debate. This is the finale. Mm-hmm. So, this, mm-hmm. so, yeah, they were trying to try me today. We'll just, you know whatever it happens but yeah you know uh i haven't been i haven't well i've been sick recently but not in a traditional cold sense and when i get a traditional cold um i really take for granted when i don't feel sick (laughs) you know know, i'm thinking about all it's like that meme you think about all the times when both your nostrils will open um your throat was just (laughs) like water and tea like wonderfully chest is mm. uh un you know unbothered i mean i i don't know what i have because i don't have a stuffy nose and it's not a runny nose thanks sweet baby jesus for that so i've just got a fever i don't even have like chills but the fever comes comes and goes in this coffin fit. Uh-huh. so hmm. i may actually break down use my blessed copay and go to the doctor um and see because i don't know if this is something deeper because it's been about four days four and a half days. And so I was like, let me use this insurance while it is here. Mm-hmm. So, but for the most part, I've been binge watching some shows. Um, I'm trying to find Queen Sugar because season two is not out on Netflix or Hulu or anything like oh. that. And then uh, what is that other one that I've watched? Um, Seven seconds. What, no, no, no. It's, it's another church. It's a churchy one. Um, with oh, Greenleaf. Um, yeah. So I finally finished the second season of that. And so I know this is third th- season, but it hasn't come out on anything yet. So I'm like, it's not even out on the own app. Wait, the third season already aired? Yes. Oh, is it airing? Oh. It's already aired. It's, it's ready for release. So, uh. um, but I caught up, I've got a new show, Seven Seconds. Woo, when I tell you, I watched that all day, like sun up, sun down. <laughs> yes. I'm like 10 episodes. I think it may be only... 10 episodes, but I am deep. I cannot wait to finish. And at the same time, I don't want to finish. But that's enough about me. How you bossing? 
Uh, Boston okay. Speaking of sick, uh, I woke up early Thursday morning, last Thursday morning, with food poisoning. Oh. Um, uh, which is the worst, one of the worst kinds of sickness. It's up there with, like, the flu for me. <laughs> because on Wednesday night, I was hosting um, some external guests for dinner. Got to use my company credit card, you know, so I always be balling out. And I was like, I'm feeling seafood tonight. I got some clams and mussels. Mm. And it tasted good until it didn't. Right? I was like, until you were using your core muscles, get rid of it. So I didn't really sleep that night. Like, I felt like a little pain, but it wasn't like big. I like was able to go back to sleep, but then I kept waking up. And then at a smooth five o'clock, I just woke up and just <laughs> like, I knew exactly, oh. I almost didn't make it to the toilet, like almost. And then it happened two more times. And then I went back to bed at like 6.15. and I had a really important day like these were meetings I couldn't miss and so I I slept in a little bit I woke up at 8 30 I got to work at 9 30 and I just didn't eat anything the whole day I was just drinking like green tea um ginger ale I like ate my first meal was a muffin at four (laughs) o'clock like and then I couldn't really eat dinner but People said, you look great for having <laughs> food poisoning. Um, but I called the, they, my uh, coworkers recommended I call the restaurant just in case, like, I got a bad batch of something and it yeah. might go out to other people. Yeah. But I'm so glad our external guests did not order what I ordered because mm-hmm. that would have been a bad visit for them. So, you know, I had that on an interview once. Like, I, I flew up to Seattle and had some sort of like a, an unusually flavored clam chowder. I was done. I was done. It was, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. I, yeah. Work and food poisoning. You can't even like you can't even be at work really when you have food poisoning because you're like, yeah. Unless we got a bunch of single stalls in here, like this isn't yeah. gonna work. I am. I don't know how I survived the day. Like as as long as I didn't eat anything, like I was fine. Like I. By the time I got to work, I think my body just did a good job, you know, doing its what it's supposed to do. Cleansing. When yeah, when it, there's a, for, a foreign, a foreign, foreigner in your system. So, but besides that, um, it was yeah. I the end the beginning half of the week was very difficult to get through emotionally, mm-hmm. and then ping, things got better towards the end of the week after the <laughs> the vomiting. Maybe I vomited all that negativity, and that's why I felt better on Friday. So um, yeah, so I'm doing just fine. All right. So we're going to pick up the conversation that we left off with, what, about two episodes ago? We did. We went to Wakanda, and we came back. Uh, and <laughs> it we want to go back. <laughs> um, first of all, let, uh, on Wakanda, $1 billion. China. Thank you, China. $1 billion. China, I think they had their opening weekend last week, this past weekend. 
it, they had an opening weekend of 265 million. Ridiculous. And brought the total to <laughs> 1 billion. Y'all, I, I mean, like, that entire uh, main cast can just retire <laughs> life for life right now. I'm, and, wondering, I'm wondering what kind of deals they worked out because they about to get buku dollars for the n- number two. Oh gosh, those royalty checks, honey. Yeah. Mm. Um, all right, so back to what we're talking about. So we're gonna finish off the the final two agreements of the four agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. Hopefully, if you have listened before, um, you had a chance to do a deep or a shallow dive into those first two. And just as a quick reminder, those first two was number one, being impeccable with your word, and number two, don't take anything personally. And I think we both kind of share that that's both of those can be difficult to do um be it personally professionally um and so they are more goals and like ongoing work than like cold turkey i'm gonna be impeccable with my word and i don't know that people try um uh purposefully to be shitty with their word or not honorable with their word um but it's it's a little more difficult than you would think um especially because you're interacting with other people um, so these final two are, I'll read them both, and then we'll just dive into the first and the second one, or the third and the fourth one, if you will. Um, the third one is don't make assumptions, and the fourth agreement is always do your best. Um, so with regard to the third agreement, um, uh, I'm just going to read a few passages of uh, some of the material. It says, find the courage to ask questions and to express what you really want. Communicate with others as clearly as you can to avoid misunderstandings, sadness, and drama. With just this one agreement, you can completely transform your life, which obviously sounds really lofty. Um, any initial thoughts on that one? <laughs> I, I, when you read that passage, I was imagining the person writing it because they wrote that very eloquently. Yeah. There's a lot of shade behind that. Um, it's like, <laughs> You know, save yourself the drama, you yeah. know, and don't overthink or get too emotional about things. But I, initial thoughts, I would say that was probably one of my, um, it wasn't explicitly told to me from a super, uh, being an employee and my supervisor evaluating me, but I would say that was a consistent piece of feedback in, um, I'm still all but obviously in my early years of my professional career. But I, when I think about like my grad school experience and some of the things I learned through that and my um, internships and practicums, I think I would make a lot of assumptions. Um, a little bit would be from not assumptions like how people are judging me, but from like maybe an ego's perspective. Okay. Um, like going into roles and making assumptions without properly uh going through the process or when it comes to like assessment i think we can (laughs) make too many assumptions and things where we need data right yeah or maybe we're taking i you know taking anecdotal (laughs) experiences over and making assumptions from what one person said and making that that one thing the common experience (laughs) yeah um which is not the case and i've learned of course i wouldn't be here where i am today if i didn't stop making assumptions. Yeah. So. I think since like we have been, uh, or I've been preparing to kind of talk about this, I have really tried to take stock in how much more difficult my life is when I make assumptions. So I've been trying to not make assumptions and ask more questions 
Um, so even as I make it, may, maybe I'll make an assumption in my head. I'm like, okay, we're well, going through all this, like these hoops and bounds. Like, what does the person really want? And why not just ask the person? And when I tell you it has cleared up so much mental space for me just to ask or to be like, I, what, I, what I think you're saying is this, but what are you actually saying? Tell me what you want. It doesn't mean I'm going to do what you want, like at the end of the day, but tell me what you want. And then we'll see where we can go from there. Or tell me what you mean. Because that's not I mean, what you want, what you want, want, want. Give it to me, baby. Like, boom. <laughs> oh, I was like, are we doing a spike? Thing? Like, no, no, was Rihanna. But that's okay. Um, I took that back 25 some odd years. My bad. <laughs> but yeah, I've, I've started to become more comfortable with like, um, being in, in settings personally and professionally where like, I'll give you an example. So I'll be in a work meeting and I'm, I'm sitting around a few different tables right now. And so people are using some common language and some things they talked about like several months ago or a year. And contextually, I have no idea what they're talking about because I wasn't at that table and I haven't been brought up to speed on those things. So rather than nodding my head and being like, yeah, like I, I don't want to expose myself as not knowing um, because I've been invited to this table. So I want to honor the, the invitation and like pretend. And I realized I was doing just that pretending. I didn't want people to um, know that I didn't know what we were talking about. So I've gotten mm. a lot more comfortable with, okay, so I don't know if I was at the table at that point. So if somebody could like give me the 30 second, like, what are we talking about? Cause I have no idea and I'm okay with that, but I can catch up to speed if somebody would take a little bit of time to share that with me. Uh, <laughs> that example you gave <laughs> kind of being uh the analogous situation to that is when everyone's you know at the in a social setting telling a joke or talking about past experience and everyone's laughing and you're laughing with them and like people are looking at you it's like girl what are you laughing at we know you we know you you weren't there you, you didn't know what we were talking about um yeah i i totally get that i i resonate with that as well because i it kind of connects to the second agreement um with you know, overthinking things and mm-hmm. um, you that mental energy is so draining when you uh, assume things or not even mental energy. You and when you assume things, you might create more work for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. To recover around that or work around um, information that you really don't know. Yeah. Um, so two questions, uh, actually just one, cause I don't know if I like the first question. Um, can you think of a time when you made an incorrect assumption that led you to, to feeling a lack of confidence? <coughs> uh, <laughs> I, I would say that I can think of assumption. <coughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh Jesus! We interrupt these messages for <laughs> our first sponsor. <laughs> water, box water, box water. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, I, I definitely can think many examples of when I assumed, but I would say just because I value feedback and learning experiences, I. I would say I try not to let those get the best of me and try to decrease my confidence. Um, there are other things that have decreased my confidence, but not because of making assumptions. 
Okay. <laughs> I'll stick, stick with the similar analogy of like being invited to a table or being invited to like a new room and making an assumption that everybody in the room knows what's going on and that everybody like, this is going to sound shitty, but that everybody has earned the right to be in that room or at that table. I'm making mm. an assumption that people have earned that and they haven't just waited out everybody else and they're the one who's left. Um, so I think some of that is assuming that people have earned the right and because they have been at the table longer that they are brighter or they're smarter or that they do a better job. Um, and that has led to me being like kind of a question of like, am I supposed to be at this table? Like internal like dialogue of like, am I supposed to be at this table? Have I earned it? And then I'm like, yeah, of course I have. Like I have earned it. Like the way that I have earned being in this space looks different then everybody, all of our experiences around the table has led up, have led us here in very different paths. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I get that too. Um, speaking about being at the table, um, it reminds me of kind of networking in interview spaces, um, mm -hmm. and I find where a lot of people go wrong without doing very thorough checks or asking the right questions is in the interview space. Um, I think a lot of times we can get lost in people's charm or maybe what they just wrote on paper or, or maybe how well they dress, whatever that um, there might be certain things about a person on the from like a superficial standpoint that might make someone feel a way about them. And then they just go off the assumption of, oh, they look great. They have all the right words on paper. They know how to laugh at my jokes. Um, <laughs> You hit the, the, the nail on the head with, like, especially with, like, people who <laughs> may be considered to dress the part, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, I'm thinking of several instances, none to be specific, been in the field 14 some odd years, so, of folks who will dress the part, but then don't live up to, like, like what they contribute outwardly or even internally don't match up to the outfit, if you will. Right. But people making an assumption based on what they see on the outside that this person is the one who's supposed to be in charge. When really, that, all that person does is defer to somebody else because they're just outwardly looking like that. So I have, I have some mixed feelings around um, dress and how people are perceived and, and what all that means. So I'm not ready to dive into that yet, but when you said kind of when they dress the part, I'm like, yeah, people totally make assumptions about how people dress and that because you wear a suit or because you have a pencil skirt on or whatever the case may be, that you, like, you bringing it to the table. Yeah. You know what I mean? And my thing tends to be, like, you dressing all up for what? what? What are you dressing up for? To look the part but not be able to play the part? Oh. <clears throat> One thing, a skill that I'm trying to work on, this goes back to your comment about asking questions and it connects to me talking about um, making like generic statements on maybe what one person said and making that the general experience. When I'm at meetings now and people give any kind of uh, general assessments on the organization, <laughs> I always ask, I'm trying to get better at who said that, what was, and just assess like the demographics, like how many people said that, um, where are you pulling these generalizations? I need context for this experience because you're saying 
all of this because you want more money. Yeah. (laughs) What I need data or you're saying all of this because you think um, you're requesting for some some sort of support to change the curriculum and therefore change the studios and the facilities. Like I, I can't just go off of just Everybody is looking for this. Everybody's told me this. Oh, really? (laughs) Show me the receipts. Right? And then there's like (laughs) 20 people of like 500. (laughs) Really? I had somebody try to pull that once. I was like, you're saying everybody, show me the the data. Give me the numbers. I'm like, you didn't even ask a good question. (laughs) Like, yeah, but that's a, um, I think that's one of the ones it's hard. And I, I have to be mindful of like assumptions um, that I make about situations, people, et cetera. Um, and just start asking questions. Um, appropriate questions. I think there's some questions that don't need to be asked because then you're just kind of, you may be just being a bitch about it. Cause you want to somebody. I hate that too. <laughs> when I'm with other people and we're like, I don't, like, why are you asking these questions? I gave you all the supporting documentation. Are you just trying to be a bitch? Yeah, right? <laughs> like, you what I gave you? Like, and people some... ask me questions then. Because <laughs> they're just trying, they're just on a power kick at that point. Yeah, so, um, but yeah, genuine, asking genuine questions. Um, but I have found that that has been so helpful just to be, I don't even know if it's direct, but to say, like, um, here's an example. Today, I had, um, my, my name is on an email that goes out to mass amounts of students, right? But I don't generate the list of students and all I do is approve the email. And so this email was not approved by me and so, but it had my name on it and my old title. And so I was like, why would they do this? Why did it, I made it all about like, why are they trying to do for me? Are they trying to make me look bad? So I was like, let me stop. These are the three issues that I saw and why wasn't I consulted on this before it went out on this date. So I was like, I could doctor this up because I didn't try to make it all cutesy in an email, but I was like, you know what? Let me just be clear and direct. These are the three things that I see that are problematic in this message. (coughs) And my information is incorrect also. I don't recall this being vetted by me or my office. Can you help me understand how this message went out without my approval? I've copied your supervisor for transparency and yes. Yes. So, I love the like, CC supervisor. I don't want to be mysterious and CC. I'm open about it for openness and transparency. Mm-hmm. And so I look forward to a timely response. Because so, like, in essence, it makes, it's making me look bad. Yeah, like, no, I know. For reals though, yeah. Yeah, I'm but, laughing, I, but I was like, oh, like, how do I do this? Because you probably didn't. No, you're a professional you should have these things checked and approved. So let me, if, if it's a read, then it's a read, but uh-huh. it's appropriate. Like, I don't want to dance around these things. These are my three questions and these are my concerns. And I know I didn't approve it, but I tried to be nice by asking a question. I don't recall this. Did you send this to me for approval? Um, but yeah, I was like, let me not try to do all this. Like, well, they're busy. and No, I'm busy too. And I've had my, my feet raked over the coals before for shit that I was, quote unquote, too busy to handle or to do well. So F that. Let me slow down. Nobody's rushing me. I'm on my own time frame. So right. I, I think uh, a skill that you use there that's very helpful in these times of as a supervisor, you, 
it's very, you, one can be very quick to assume or put blame on someone. And I think that's such a soft approach to when you know very well that they probably did it, mm-hmm. maybe ask a question and turn it on yourself a little bit and say, did I approve this? Did I miss something? Right. Right. Um, because it could have gone both ways. Maybe they just, yes, completely missed um, your approval or maybe it got lost in your email. Mm-hmm. And so the blame is to share. But in this situation, no. Yeah, no, because I, no. I, I keep all those emails in one file and there was not email anywhere near that date. So Yes, yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so the fourth and final agreement. Always do your best. Easier said than done. So I'll read a quick <laughs> passage. Um, your best is going to change from moment to moment. It will be different when you are healthy as opposed to sick. Hey, hi, da da da. Under any circumstance, simply do your best and you will avoid self judgment, self abuse, and regret. Um, any initial thoughts on that one? This is probably the one, even more so than agreement number one, or sorry, two, um, that I struggle with the most because okay. that second half of that passage about, You'll save yourself, you know, self-judgment and all of that. (coughs) I just, my, every time I hit my best, it already, like, by the time I thought I hit my best, I already moved it up to a higher expectation. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm constantly setting the bar high, so high that I am being my own martyr, you know, and judging myself. I can't with your hat on your face like that. My bad. <laughs> um, no, you can go ahead and do what you want. You're sick. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm constantly pushing the bar high and I'm not doing myself any favor in, in doing that. So it goes back to wasting that mental energy on not changing the scale or adjusting the scale of success to something that's realistic. Mm-hmm. Um, and this could be maybe over the course of my career, or I, you can break it down all the way down. <laughs> Am I doing my best today? Mm-hmm. Right? Whatever I set the standard for today, sometimes doing your best is you're doing yourself a favor by resetting and realigning your expectations, you mm-hmm. know? And then you're, you're making it more possible to feel like you did your best if you do that. I concur wholly. Um, I think I, I appreciate that one of the little pieces in here says your best is going to change from moment to moment. Cause I think this is an easy place to fall into like doing your best equaling perfection and like requiring or expecting perfection from yourself with everything that you do. And I think I have come more comfortable, not fully comfortable, but more comfortable with <coughs> your, my best. Sometimes it just needs to be good enough. Cause sometimes I'll spend so much time trying to make something my best. And then I've had my feelings hurt professionally or personally. Cause the person's like, Oh, that's not it. And I'm like, you know what? I spent all this time on this. Let me just go ahead and give you good enough. I'm not saying that's always the standard by no means. Am I saying that, but there are some instances where I'm like, this just has to be good enough because I can spend all day and all night doing this and it'll never meet this person's expectation or their need. So sometimes it's just going to have to be good enough. And you're going to be fine with it. Hmm. Um, is that a, is that an always practice? No, but sometimes it's just got to be because you got to do start to do other things. Um, I think this one is um, 
I've gotten better at this one, realizing that my uh, doing what I feel is good work and my best work is not always going to meet what people need or want from me. And I am okay with that. Um, if somebody wants to change something that I do so badly, then ball out. Here it is in an edible, edible <laughs> form. Enjoy. Just give me credit for creating the original. Right. So, yeah, I've, I've been in spaces where people are like, oh, can you make these 75 changes? Actually, no. Um, but I, can, I can make these seven changes, and I think that will be better. But I've got, I've got to spread my time wisely. So nickel and diming me mm-hmm. on a comma or a space or trying to wordsmith something. Sometimes I've been like, I'm comfortable with that word choice. Because <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's not, I don't talk like that in this other manner that you want me to because you, you right-clicked and looked up a synonym. That's not how I talk. That's not how I write. And I want to be authentic and true to my voice being in something as opposed to your voice being in it. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to put in a bunch of clapping hand emojis in between every word in my email so that you know how I really, no, I'm just kidding. Um, I think what you said is really important in terms of, especially for folks like us who wear multiple hats and, you know, in our stream of work, they try to pack so much into the position and it forces us to have to be okay with doing our best because we were hired probably because we were good at a majority of the functions, mm-hmm. but there may be functions in a role that we don't really like, or really we just, our job demands, you know, a certain side of our expertise that we're really good at, but mm-hmm. sometimes we're forced to do things that we're not so good at, and we don't even have time to improve on those skills, mm-hmm. but you, you just have to be okay with it. You can't yeah. let yourself be dragged down into <laughs> space. Yeah. One of the things with this one, I was like, I'm not good at everything. And I know that. And I wish people would understand that. Like I have a job and I'm not going to be great at all of it. That's just, there's going to be something that I do or a way that I do it that people don't care for, appreciate. That's fine. They don't have to appreciate it. I have to get it done. And so I think remembering that as long as I'm, I'm putting my best foot forward and I'm giving the best of what I have at that moment, given the resources, the time, the energy, the mental capacity that I have. So I have to remember, like, I can't be great at everything. It would be nice. That would be cute. But I'm just not going to be. And so once I start to get real with myself, I'd be like, girl, you stressing over this extra shit for no reason. Calm down. This ain't the end all be all. Everybody's still going to get paid. Relax. Then I found myself in a much better state with that. I have a question for you about that. Do you ever feel, so as, as much as that has um, improved your own self mm-hmm. assessment on your performance, have you ever let this fourth agreement impact or shape the way that you supervise your, your employees? Um, <coughs> say a little bit more. I'm not sure if I'm fully following you. Because... I sometimes feel that with very high performers, because they have, they do consistent good work, I think sometimes if they do something not so well, it stands out more mm-hmm. um, because they have not really let the ball drop at all. And I've had to teach myself as, and it's still new to me, and if I'm pointing out something that they're working on, am I pointing out because 
it's a key skill that I think they can develop or is it within the framework of, uh, well, if someone else dropped that ball and, you know, that has been like a pattern for them, I wouldn't have pointed out as quickly as maybe someone who has been up here, very high level performing, they dropped the ball once and now it's such a big deal. And I make it like a, a point to, a point of um, measure to evaluate. Um, I don't know that I have had that experience. Um, <laughs> as you said that, I think one of the things that it's, has become more important for me is kind of feedback over time, the good stuff and the not great stuff. Um, Cause I realized I, I was paying attention to how frustrated I was getting with, again, over the span of my career. So no one in particular, um, but I was getting frustrated with like these little small things because people were doing like consistent good work. I was letting the small things slide. And those were the things that were frustrating me. And I wasn't saying anything. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Because I don't want, typically if you have a high performer in my experience, they are going to feel the not so great feedback really heavy. You know what I mean? And so I've, I've started to, um, over the course of my career, I've started to be more intentional about sharing, like, these are the things you're doing well. And these are, you know, like pointing out the things, even the small things, because I don't, some of it's like, I don't want to have to continue to make, to fix the thing that I am apprehensive about telling you about. Um, yeah. So I kind of see it part of it as a self-preservation, but if I don't ever tell the person like, Hey, this is what you're doing. It's not working out. They're never going to know. And they're going to keep doing that. And I'm just going to be frustrated. So I have to say it. Mm -hmm. um, so did that respond to your question? Yeah, you did. Um, yeah, it's got to be consistent. Like, I have to do it. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I just thought it was important to point <laughs> out. I was thinking of a specific example in my experience where um, it wasn't just me, but this person was, like, everyone around him that he worked with um, felt this kind of, oh, my gosh, like, he dropped the ball on something, and it kind of impacted a lot of people. Mm -hmm. But it, it's so, like, made the whole... It, perception of his entire performance that one thing tainted everything and yeah it was really hard to at the time to parse that out mm. um yeah so I just think it's really important to you know it goes back to the do your best not just in how you um, measure yourself but apply that agreement from like a supervisor a supervisor evaluating a supervisee yeah, yeah I would agree um, and those times are hard because I've certainly like, um, I've certainly messed up on stuff that has had an impact, like who hasn't? Um, and I know that I'm my hardest critic. I've had a supervisor be like, you need to chill. Like it happens. You're new to this. Um, you can relax a little bit. Like yeah. nobody, like you weren't going to get it perfect the first time anyway, but I'm like, I, but I missed this. <laughs> I can't believe I'm going to make a checklist. I'm going to do this. And like, I got all dramatic about it. And I was like, mm. I'm, I'm like hurting myself. What I really need to do is slow down. Stop trying to be everything to everybody. Mm -hmm. And then I'll be able to catch those things that I didn't catch on this one. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. In closing. Um, so we talked about the four agreements as, a, uh, uh, again, it's be impeccable with your word. Don't take anything personally. Don't make assumptions. 
and always do your best. So these are all simple. They sound super simple. They're like the world's shortest sentences. Why do you think that folks might struggle with this? Or why, why are these like simple things hard? I can see us two ways. I think one side is, um, uh, even though these are just four things, it's like I can't focus on all four things at once, right? Uh -huh, I think uh -huh. uh, people would struggle on finding that balance, but I can tell, rest be assured, you don't have to think about all these things all at once. Um, they're situational, right? <laughs> and the other side of this too is, I think, you know, kind of on the contrary of what I just said, I also think some people don't like to uh, constrict themselves to just four things. I think a lot of people, <laughs> um, <laughs> I think a lot of people, you know, everything, they need context and they, they think everything, there are a lot of factors to what defines success. And I agree with both of those sentiments that I just said. Mm -hmm. I think that you can take these four agreements um, you don't have to limit yourselves just to those four and take what take what you want from it, right? It's another resource to better yourself in the both mm -hmm. professional and personal worlds. Yeah. Um, ditto. No, um, I agree with those. And I think the, the simplistic nature of each of them is what makes them actually really complex. Um, because like you said, you, it's, it's, it's a challenge to live all of these all of the time. Um, but I also think like work on oneself and like one's humanness is just, it's work. Um, and I think another piece is like, you're not, I don't operate in this by myself. Like all of these engage with other people <laughs> and where I may be able to oftentimes predict my own behavior or know what I'm going to do in my head before I do it or say it. I don't always know what the outcome is going to be from the other person on the other end of the conversation. Mm -hmm. I think when you bring in the element of another human and like the dynamics of a relationship or friendship or uh, a collegial relationship, then it, it, it makes you work a little bit harder to suss through those things. And like mm -hmm. the ups and downs of people's emotions, kind of like you will have good days, you'll have bad days. And sometimes it'll feel consistent. Sometimes it'll come out of left field. Um, so I think the hard part is knowing that you're engaging with all of these with other people. And that we have a hope that folks are engaging in doing their own work. You got to do your work. Okay, Yama. Um, <laughs> but knowing that you're engaging with other people, is kind of a wild card. You don't really know how they're going to respond or if they're going to respect kind of like being impeccable with your word or taking things personally. So I think that that's that part, that's part of what makes it hard work. I definitely agree. All right. We'll be back. Here is Ask a Boss. I can't even remember the last time we actually did questions for this right. segment. Um, but we're going to play a game because that's what we do. Um, so, Shamina, you have been hired, appointed as the VP of Human Resources at Wakanda Incorporations, located in Wakanda. <laughs> I am ready. It is a company that does everything. <laughs> 
So there are many different units within the organization. And sometimes resumes cross your desk because they just do. Maybe on a rainy day, if you're bored, you have time to read through resumes. So, you know, everyone's trying to get through the door of Wakanda. I'm going to give you, um, we're going to go through some celebrities. I'm going to tell you what position they're applying for. And okay. you let me know if you think their resume should continue on in the interview process or not. Okay? Okay, I'm ready. All right. Tyler Perry <laughs> has applied um, to be... No. <laughs> Am I supposed to listen to the whole thing? <laughs> yes. Mm, okay. Um, he was hired to be um, the uh, head of the writing department at Wakanda University. No, because I don't want Medea in Wakanda. <laughs> that's the first thing that will happen. I know, I know. So, yeah, no. we don't want 20 more, you yeah. know. Or <laughs> We're going to move in a different direction. Thank you for the application. <laughs> right. Oh, gosh. Um, Rachel Dolezal applied to nope. be head of diversity. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> nope. Especially with this Netflix thing right now, nope. I can't wait. So, does she really have a documentary? Yes. Oh, uh, gosh. Yeah. So, nope. Um, you know, times are tough out here. I don't know why he applied for this job, but uh, Will Smith um, applied to be <laughs> um, head of custodial at Wakanda Corporations. Would you? Would you pass on his resume? <laughs> Yes, that would be the most lit custodial crew for real. <laughs> like, they'd be out here spitting all sorts of like gems and nuggets. They would have the most live Instagram. Yeah, I'm here for it. Mm, great. Um, so this resume uh, went to your desk because they don't um, know where to place this person. So I'm going to give you the opportunity to say, not just only if they should go on, but where would you place her? Kerry Washington. Where would it be a good position for her at Wakanda Incorporations? Oh, Kerry Washington is going to be PR. She's a fixer. Like, so... Well, Olivia Pope or Kerry Washington? Huh? What's the difference? <laughs> so, one and the same. So, I'm going to say okay. she's going to be your head of PR. Hmm. I got like that. <laughs> All right. Um... Viola Davis applied to be um, head of catering. You know what? You know that meme that's, um, first of all, I saw her, what was it? What was the most recent holiday? I don't know which one what it was that it was, but she has some video on Instagram where she's in the, cook it, the kitchen cooking and singing and so happy. And I, feel yeah. like she can cook. I feel like her yeah. arms are a little small to cook. <laughs> you already know. You already know. <laughs> um, yeah, I think. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go with that because I feel like she could throw down. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially when she don't have no wig on and she's actually doing the natural hair. Right. Yeah. So right? yeah, I'm gonna go with that. Mm-hmm. Um. This I'm gonna let you name one. Uh, the hair department. <laughs> I don't know why there would be a hair department at Wakanda for reasons, <laughs> but there is one. Um, is looking for a new VP of hair. Who would you hire? A new VP of hair. Whose hair is always laid? Um, oh my gosh, this is hard. 
Okay, there are three finalists at your desk. Yeah, I was like, I don't know who's here. Like, I love a bald right. head, so that's not really helpful. Oh, um, let, let's. I got it. Um, okay. I would actually have um, Sana Lathan. Okay. Because I feel like her hair always look good. Looks good. She can pull off a bald flawlessly. Um, she can do a short curly. She can do a long straight. Um, so I feel like she knows what can look good on people, different people's mm -hmm. heads. Just based like off that. of her own uh, success. I like that. Okay, you have three finalists for um, to run the music de uh, department at Wakanda Incorporations. And your three finalists are Drake, <laughs> you have Rihanna. You have um, Beyonce. Oh, sorry. There, I need to name a fourth one. And Whitney Houston. <coughs> I'm gonna say Beyonce. Really? The question? Because she gives I mean, you soul. So she's got soul. She gives you the vocals. She can apparently spit a rap. She delves into country and western. That's true. So, she can do um, it all. She can give she's you a, percussion. She can overall artist. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't think she can act lick, but I would watch Dream Girls. So she's gonna give you the drama. She's gonna mm -hmm. give you the extra parts that you didn't know that you needed and wanted. I mean, she's gonna give us, you know, that crazy um, what was that movie <laughs> that she was in? Um, where she was like, she tried, she killed the crazy girl that was obsessed. Oh, I know what you're talking about. I don't know the name of it. Oh, I'm <laughs> the worst acting done by her ever, but it's a yeah. gem in Beyonce history. Yeah. yeah, but she'll give you a visual, like for that ass, mm -hmm. it will be a visual. Right. Mm -hmm. That's true. Oh, she can. She'll drop a. She she should drop a gospel album at some point, but she can give you all of the genres. Mm -hmm. All right. So the last question is. So someone tried to buy their way into this job. So uh, three people gave an equal donation of $20 million to Wakanda Incorporations to get a floor named after them. Um, it's the comedy floor. So you have to decide of the three who gave equal amounts, whose name is going to be on the floor. Okay. Is it going to be the Wayans floor? The Rock floor? Chris the Rock. Rock. The Rock. Chris Rock. <laughs> Chris Chris Rock, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Or the Leslie Jones for? You know, this may come as a surprise, but I'm going to say Chris Rock. Oh. Huh. Yeah, I don't find... <coughs> the weigh-ins were funny, like, in the 80s, in my opinion. Um, when they did comedy specials regularly. Um, I don't watch right now. I know, although you told me I need to watch, I think, the Marlon Wayans one. Yeah, um, it was pretty good. And Leslie Jones is a little, I love her. Like, so don't get that twisted. She can be a little bit crass for my taste. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's fair. Yeah. Well, your work is done. Congratulations. You can go home and have yourself a glass of wine after this tough work day. Right. <laughs> uh, All right. That was a good one. Thanks. So um, if you have any questions for us or any games that you want us to play, send us your games or questions at headbosspodcast at gmail.com.
are back for the last segment, Boss Ass Bitch and Bitch Ass Boss of the Week. I will go first. Um, I'll <laughs> have one bitch, two bosses. My bitch of the week goes to Betsy, DeVille, DeVos, DeVaz. Mm-hmm. Might as well be Corella DeVille at this point. Right. Um, for a interview, if you even want to call it that, because an interview is supposed to be an exchange <laughs> of information. And what she doesn't do is give us anything or a response to questions that we ask. Very similar to the other blonde chick that, you know, serves. Kelly. <laughs> Kelly, yeah. Kelly Ann Conway. So uh, DeVos did an interview on 60 Minutes um, literally yesterday. Um, I forgot 60 Minutes was first still on. <laughs> like, that's still a show. I was like, oh, yeah. yeah. First of all, Oprah does segments on 60 Minutes. Hello. Oh, right. She did start doing that recently. But it's yeah. still, that show still belongs to um, Juju Chan or no? Um, I don't know who it belongs to. Because it used to be. <laughs> anyways, I digress. So, um, <laughs> as we already know, DeVos has been like, her brand is so off right now. Like, She's not being allowed into schools. Um, people protest that, you know, she's been invited to speak at commencements and graduations and people boo her off stage. Um, and every time she's in public meetings with Congress, she is torn to pieces because she can't answer questions directly. So um, the 60 Minutes interview was terrible. Um, I just have to read like a a few things that she said from this interview. Um, And then I'll post the transcript of the interview or you can watch it um, on the episode description. So um, one thing she was asked about was gun control. So DeVos says, I give a lot of credit to the students there for really raising their voices. And I think they they are not going to let that moment go by. Uh, The interviewer says, they want gun control. DeVos says, they want a variety of things. They want solutions. <laughs> and then the interviewer's like, um, variety of things? They've explicitly said that they are looking for gun control. What are you talking about? So that was one thing that she clearly could not really support. She goes into school choice, which has not, she has not <laughs> really been a good pioneer for that um, mm-hmm. movement for a while. So you can just kind of default to what the terrible things that she's been saying that in the past. Uh, it's just really annoying and just fuck Betsy DeVos for being ignorant. Like, she makes me feel dumb listening to her. Like, my IQ is dropping. Yeah. Like, you might as well just take my master's degree now if I listen to her any longer. Yes, so, anyways. Um, and then my two bosses, on a lighter note, um, boss to Sterling K. Brown. He was the host of SNL this past weekend. <laughs> and overall, like, it wasn't uh, the best episode <laughs> compared to the other episodes this season. But him as a host, I've never really seen Sterling K. Brown in a comedy position, a comedy role. And he's, re- he's good, like, in a very cheesy way. And I think this was a good platform for him because that's the type of comedy that they do kind of in your face, very loud and cheesy. And um, in his opening read, he kind of made fun of himself, his cold open. He made fun of himself about always being like the very kind of sad character that's like crying or very dramatic. So it was cute. He had his moment. Um, So go and watch it. And then also um, I like, I've been a fan of HBO probably in the like three years, like the amount of television shows I watch on ABO has significantly 
increased. And now every time a new show comes on, I'm very quick to watch it because they're just making really good decisions about content. And they have this new show called Here and Now. And I decided to watch it because um, the woman that, play, that played on Grey's Anatomy, um, Stephanie Edwards, mm. she, she, the reason why she left Grey's Anatomy was she got this new opportunity with an HBO show. <laughs> and it's produced by J.J. Abrams. And the, now that I know this, it totally makes sense with the show because it's like part family drama, like brothers and sisters. It kind of gives you half of that vibe. And then, like, part sci-fi. So it's, like, mystery and whatnot. Um, and the show is so woke um, because it's about three siblings that were adopted, one from Africa, one from um, Mexico, or South America, I should say, um, and then one from, uh, I believe, Korea. And then the, the fourth sibling is biological. And so it's about kind of just how these three kids live through the world, with white parents and some, some of the things that they kind of miss out on. All three siblings, they're like well into adulthood in their 30s. So uh, yeah, so I just wanted to give a boss to that show because they're just uh, mixing it up and giving us television that's helping us grow as a society. All right. Sorry, that wasn't brief. <laughs> no, it wasn't at all. <laughs> I will be brief. In mine, I have one boss, one bitch. <coughs> Um, I'll start with my bitch first and then I'll end on my boss. Bitch is to um, whoever's, I'm, there's no named person in doing this, but in Southeast Austin in Texas, there have been at least three um, people who have been either severely injured or killed by um, receiving packages from at their home, opening the package and the package having some level of a bomb in it. Oh, um, Lord. It is um, a 17 year old boy. Um, a, he was killed today. Um, a 40 year old woman was injured and a 70 year old woman was injured all today. And there was one from earlier this month, a 30, 39 year old black man, all similar, all within five miles of each other. So the police are, you know, look, supposedly looking into whatever this is in the FBI, but <laughs> that's just a quick note to say, if you're not expecting a package and you get one with your name on it, don't open it. Maybe consider calling the authorities, especially if you're not expecting something or you didn't order yeah, something. Yeah, seriously. Oh, another yeah. thing I have to think about. Okay. <laughs> um, and then my boss is, which I'm really surprised that you didn't say this, um, Beyonce and Jay-Z announced the On the, uh, on the Run 2 um, tour um, that is going to start. There's a reason. Summer. Um, I don't necessarily, I mean, Jay-Z stuff was good. I saw the, the first concert. Um, I could do without him and that's fine. Um, but I am super excited. Um, tickets go on sale. So hopefully by the time this drops, I will have tickets to see it, um, in the Bay area. Or actually. The reason why I didn't say anything is one, I was aware when Ticketmaster and Facebook made that mistake yeah, me too. on announcing the tour. So bitch to them, someone definitely lost their job. Yeah. But also I would have to say this is the first Beyonce concert that I'm like not really excited to see or I'm not gonna really make a huge investment. Okay, so this is the end of the episode. Thank you. <laughs> because you can find us on I saw, I saw, 
I'm the one who ended the episode. So wait. So um, yeah, because I saw on the one one, the first one, and unless I'm gonna spend two thousand dollars to get front row seats, I just don't like the stadium experience. I I've done it twice, once for On the Run, once for Formation. I have seen a Beyonce concert not in a stadium, and it's so much better. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can still get good seats without spending so much money. And it's everything from, like, the acoustics to the note. Like, everything gets lost when the music is open to the outside. So, and also, she has to stare at the stage with Jay-Z. So, I just, I just want to see her by herself. <laughs> like I said, that's my boss. <laughs> <laughs> um, practicing brevity so hopefully okay. I would go have us all out time <laughs> it's funny my sister-in-law called me like today and I was like why is she calling me wife is gone for you know a conference and I was like this is odd what's going on and she's like so how do we plan this whole Beyonce thing because I know you guys are good at getting tickets I was like girl you called me for this she's like you know, we gotta get tickets so like what's the strategy what are we gonna do here um, yeah. that was funny uh, oh, also, uh, two shout-outs to um, one of my former uh, staff members, uh, uh, Tara, um, and then to Robin, who was an avid listener. She's a friend of mine. She's always like, when am I going to be on the show? So hopefully she listens to the end. Um, and so shout-out to her. She's doing an wow. awesome uh, the AIDS life cycle from San Francisco down to L.A., and she has done that several years in a row, so... Um, shout out to you, Robin, for continuing to support um, communities impacted by HIV and AIDS. Hey, Robin. Uh, all right, so that ends our episode. Um, please follow us on all our social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, um, which is live. We've been posting pictures. Um, we look so damn good in them. True. And then listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts. We're on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Google Play, and maybe some other random platforms that I didn't know that our podcast got, gets posted on. So anyways... <laughs> Uh, and then please write us, evaluate us, give us questions, anything that's on your mind to headbosspodcast at gmail.com. We'll be back in two weeks. Have a good one. Bye.